I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? This is going to be the best episode ever. Hell and, yeah. And I hope yeah. that everyone listening at home is wearing a mask. Because I have COVID. And I'm going to just throw it out there. You did this to me, America. Welcome That's to Roast Mortem. It's the best show. Uh, it, <laughs> what is the tag this week, Travis? It puts anal in the annals of history. Right. Okay. Thank annals. you. Nailed it. I like that. It's a good one. I'm Tom. <laughs> I'm Travis. And I'm Connor. No Mike tonight, because uh, he doesn't know what to do with his Wednesdays. Well, you know, we're we're hot in the middle of, I think, one of the most confusing uh, subjects I've ever researched. So when he comes back next week, not going to explain anything to him. I don't, I don't think we should, because we did tell him that we'd be meeting up tonight for this. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that the date he's on right now is platonic. Oh. oh, yeah, not good. Shame, shame, shame. Do you yeah. think he has a date with a uh, dilly bar at Dairy Queen crying into it? <laughs> <laughs> do they take EBT there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do. It's a re- well-balanced meal. Good. Yeah, then probably. <laughs> Guys, what's happening? How's Portland, Travis? Uh yeah, it's good. I celebrate my today's four twenty Hitler's birthday. Uh, nothing to do with marijuana. Um, uh, yesterday was my birthday. That means because I'm Hitler's Eve birthday, and my girlfriend Anna and I went out to a fancy seafood restaurant called Jake's in Portland. It was taste, very taste. Mm. Had a lot of dark wood in there, you know, like I like dark wood. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like low lit. Very nice. Oh, yeah. and I, I immediately went back to work when we got home. Nice. Great. What? Oh, yeah. And I got a really cool present. Hold on. Oh. What wow. do you think his present is, Tom? We'll riff. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be something. Oh, it's already, he's already back. He's back. <laughs> lobster related. You have to paint the picture here. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. What the heck is that thing? Is that a it's telephone? A, oh, no. Yeah, that's it's for the boob a, tube. That is a is universal a, remote? Wow. Yeah, it's got a it's got wow. a button for your VCR here. It's That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the body of Jessica Rabbit uh, has been decapitated and um, all and, the limbs and removed. And her legs have been sawn off. Yeah. 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 So there's buttons on there that make it a controller. And I, I love the detail here. There is a brassiere and uh, panties that are lifted and removed f- to access the, uh, it looks like that's the numeric pad. And yes. the nipples are the channel up and volume up. Boop, or, bop. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> Revolutionizing this is the TV. Guys, yeah, I might have to stop the episode. <laughs> well, I wow. have to get a. I had to get a tube TV and a and a VHS set of the Man Show because this is very uh, you know well, Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I got my oh, own yeah. kind of tube. If you Jimmy know Kimmel I mean. loves women. He doesn't disrespect them at all anymore. 
No, he married Never Sarah once. Silverman, and then he became Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Connor, how's your week doing? My week was good. Um, had Easter celebrations this weekend. Um, hit the sauce a little too hard on Saturday, maybe, we'll say. Um, but yeah, it was good. Nice, fun week. Nothing really eventful beyond eating lots of lamb. Well, you almost got COVID because you were with me all weekend. Yeah, dodge uh, that. Thankfully. That was good that you're safe. Um, We saw Mike on Sunday. That was fun. Um, Mike was rolling into Easter with a cane, looking fantastic, (laughs) sitting with all the other old men with his leg propped up. He looked great. (laughs) He looked like five years my senior. (laughs) <laughs> and he is seven years younger than me. Just for context, that's what kick. Here. That's what kick flips will do to you. They're dangerous. The knees spread, as they say. You got fifty-year-old yeah. knees. You're gonna have a forty-year-old face in no time. <laughs> yeah, we still had a good time. It was nice. What yeah. about? Uh, was that all of our weeks? I guess Tom, yours was just getting COVID, right? My, mine was that. You know, my my birthday week was also this week, and uh, you know, we had brunch. At the in-laws' place, it was very nice. You were there, Connor. That was uh, fun. Didn't give COVID to anyone somehow, magically. Hell yeah, you kept it to yourself. That's what I don't even know how thirty-four. Gab's just been in the apartment with me the entire time. I'm pretty sure I got this in Nashville. I had to yeah. have. Oh yeah, that place yeah. is a cesspool. No, I'm fully anticipating not getting it from you this time, but then I'm going to Nashville for a bachelor party in July, and I'm I'm definitely going to come back with COVID. Yeah, we'll plan yeah. around it. We'll plan. yeah, plan around it. Just clear that <laughs> clear that Wednesday. We'll definitely remote. You know. Well, I don't know. I think I think anyone listening might be susceptible because uh, we're going to be talking about where it all came from, Wuhan. Yeah, this is. I, I figured I was. I would do market research this week. That's why I have this horrible <laughs> disease that was definitely yeah. led on by a certain characteristic of the human planet. <laughs> but uh, there's that, and also I watched a bunch of Japanese stuff because I hate this flu so much. This this Wu Tang flu. As they so you're, you're really prepping for this this week's episode, Tom. Thirty six chambers of lung. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, so watch. I've been eating so many ramen noodles because I don't think Chinese eat them. Oh, uh, yeah, they got noodles. That's where the that's where the ties came. They were like, "Hey, dude, we're in China. Now we're gonna learn how to make spaghetti." Not the Nissan Sentra ones, okay? Uh, all right. The day Not those. Anyway, guys, let's roll along, shall we? <laughs> Sorry yeah. for if I'm gurgling more than usual. And I am a gurgler, so it might get tough. Bring us to Wuhan, Travis. Yeah, so we? so if you didn't listen to last week, I would highly advise you go back and listen to last week because uh, I'm not going to explain none of this shit. And Mike's going to be clueless. So last we left off, the KMT leader, Sun Yat-sen, died in 1925 and you know what happens when you get powerful dudes dying power vacuum that's that slurping sound it's the sound of a vacuum makes me happy yeah uh so at the time of sun yatsen's death there was kind of a three-way split in the kmt here um, so it was split between a guy who was originally from the north. He was more like centrist. centrist. 
His name was Wang Jiwei. Wang Wang Jinwei. Oh yeah. Also, by the way, all the pronunciations last week completely wrong. But that's okay. All the history was all right. Every single one. Uh, most of them. China? So I think I said. I think I. I think I. I think I said the Quin Dynasty. It's the Chen Dynasty, but it's with a Q. Um. Wait. It's. Ch- what is it's, it? It's like the Ch- Qin Dynasty, but it's spelled Q I N G. I always thought that was the so I when you said it last week I thought you were mispronouncing it, but I'm also mispronouncing it. I thought it was like the King Dynasty, like King but like a little softer. But it's I heard it was like Qin Qin oh, wow. Dynasty. All right. Yeah. Well, we're all gonna get all of these wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I was I feel like I got uh, Chiang Kai Shek right most of the time. It's, I think it's a little bit more of a J, like a Chiang Kai Shek, but you know. <laughs> I mean, we gotta ask the Chinese. Let's send yeah. out the poll. The history All the Chinese right. listeners who can listen to the show somehow. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, we we did get one download from Beijing last week, so well, that's just our <laughs> that's just our Chinese government watchdog. Yeah. So shout out to him. How you doing? Yeah. Hope you get social credits. They download it and then send it to their friends. Yeah. They they won't even give us the downloads because they're just cheap pricks. We're gonna be environment. Yeah, we're gonna be touring in China after this because like so many people listen, there just doesn't show up on our metrics. Right. Okay. So, all right. So Sun Yat-sen dies as a three-way split. There's a northern, the northern guy, like group of people. Um, they're kind of centrist is by Wang Jiwei, Wang Jinwei, and the leftist is this guy named Lao Zhongkai, and the military faction is run. By none other than Chiang Kai-shek and his Wampoa Academy. The remember the academy with all the officers, right? Mm. So you've got like the right wing, the centrists, the left, and then like super right wing with Chiang. Um, <clears throat> now Lao, the leftist, was mysteriously gunned down on the streets of Canton. Uh, Chiang did not have connection to this, but he was connected to the gangsters that. Um, killed this dude, and when he found out, he was like, "Oh, it must have been the British. They don't want a leftist in there. They're capitalists." Yeah, just a bunch of chavs rolling up. Yeah, you, you bloody what? <laughs> you bloody what? <laughs> in it? Yeah, like it's obviously them. They've been driving around in a uh, in a polo, uh, <laughs> just shooting uh, a potato cannon. <laughs> <laughs> dunking all over the place yeah. mm-hmm. so the KMT was basically after this guy's gunned down it's split between Wang Jingwei and Chiang Kai-shek now you've got the left you got the right Wang Jingwei is more sympathetic to the Chinese communists and the Soviets but at the same time he's still very much a nationalist but he's kind of like alright you know we can make a deal Shang on the other hand, at this point, remember last week he kind of teased communism when he like kicked out all the um, all the foreigners out of Canton, and he was teasing it a little bit. He went to Moscow. He went but, to Moscow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but at this point, he's just a straight nationalist, uh, militaristic KMT, um, and he's not. He's pretty much like laser focused at this point, just on doing that northern expedition to conquer the northern warlords of China. Uh, 
that Sun Yat-sen did a few years ago, but failed while he was grieving for his mother. Gotcha. <clears throat> so before we, he can even get to uh, do this northern expedition, Shang still needs a little bit more power. Like I said, he represents the right. He's basically just got these uh, officers that he had trained, but he needs to consolidate his power in the KMT. So while uh, Zheng Wei was away on a trip to Moscow, the Canton the Canton coup happened. Good, great way to get uh, power, right? You guys just throw a little coup. Just do a little, a little coup. A little coup never hurt anyone. Yeah. Sure. That's why now, doves, they coup coup, you know? <laughs> yeah, coup. And they're known for peace. Now, to sum Good up point. the Canton coup, uh, basically there was some incident with the Navy, um, some phone line, like phone lines, some wires got crossed. Shang comes in, he cuts all the phone lines in Canton. <laughs> I mean, there's probably only like five people that have phones in like 1920. Maybe Aren't like they just 100. not like bus stations? You just <clears throat> yeah. have to yeah. wait by the bus station. Like, Henry, you have a call. <laughs> I always thought that was weird when like you see these movies and it's like, you just call the bar that you're at and like, oh, like, you know, like Mo at the tavern. Is there uh, <laughs> right. Steve Butts here? <laughs> That's uh, that should have been the joke, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, that's. I wish it was like that now. Right, you just have to guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, you, like, I wonder where they are. Let me let me yeah. try that restaurant. <laughs> right, people are very simple. Like we all have phones on us all the time, but like I only go to like six places. Yeah, I go to try them. I go to like three different Taco Bells. <laughs> you could probably just call headquarters and they'll patch you in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now I have to speak to my grandma on the phone all the time because she knows I have it. Oh, woof. It's rough. Well, you know, if you, you weren't going to be talking to your grandma if she lived in Canton because phone lines are down. Right. He declares martial law. Chiang Kai-shek declares martial law. And... He moves in all these Wampoa officers and troops that are, like, directly under him. And when he's in Canton, and right now uh, the KMT's kind of run out of Canton, he comes in and he kicks out all of the communists in the KMT. It's like, you guys, get out. All right. It's my time. Doesn't kill him, though. He's Doesn't not kill yet. him. Doesn't okay. kill him yet. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Right now, he's just like, you guys shoo, and obviously, if you've got a whole bunch of men with guns, and all the phones are cut, like, no one's gonna know you're dead, and Yeah, dumped all and... one phone is cut, so yeah. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, with uh, Jingwei away, uh, Shang become, is declared the supreme leader and generalissimo of the KMT, the Kuomintang. Good for him. Nice. Now, is he like the internationally recognized China, or is that still like this northern area? That is still the north. So okay. he's the north is still is still kicking. It's it's very dysfunctional, but it, people still recognize the north right. as international. And this is China. like nineteen. I'm sorry, you said the year before. Uh, nineteen twenty five, twenty six. Okay, so everyone else is dealing with their own problems. No one's really paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. China very much is kind of left alone. Like, Shang gets some attention during... Oh, yeah, basically this whole episode that we're going to be covering happens in 10 years. So we're going to be com- covering the Nanking decade. Well, so, we haven't right. 
We haven't um, roasted any nine-year-olds, so this would be the shortest time span on the show yet. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I think, we, didn't we roast that one kid that uh, was part of a... The countdown, but the one kid that like was uh, the rich king and hit a rock and sank to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> uh, wasn't he in his teens? I think yeah, I think so. I think yeah. that was a long. So he, like, it's hard to find these nine year olds that are no good. They're out there. Oh yeah. But, uh, I mean, you can't even do the fa- the famous kids. Look, like Anne Frank. What do we got to do with that? There's so many bad jokes about her to begin with. So yeah. low hanging fruits. Oh, she touched her vagina and wrote about it. Yeah, there's. I mean, we could do the little kid who played Ducky in Land Before Time, who was oh, killed that's by. That's so sad. Yeah, it was the worst, and there's not a lot of material there, so we're probably not going to do it. But continue, tracks. <laughs> yeah. So, well, right, so he's Generalissimo. Yeah, Generalissimo is finally here. Yeah, our Generalissimo, Chiang Kai Shek. He's he's done it. He's Generalissimo of the Kuomintang. Uh, Kuomintang. Again, I got all the pronunciations wrong. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. KMT. So Shang Shang cl- claimed that um, even though this was a very authoritarian move, obviously coming into a city, cutting all the phone lines, and you know marching your military, and very authoritarian. But he claimed that this was like Sun Yat Sen's original plan. It was like a stepping stone to democracy. So you needed to take control, then you could set up a republic, and then the ultimate goal, which was pretty socialist was land redistribution to the uh, peasants but it's good Chiang Kai-shek spoilers he doesn't get that far he just stays a straight-up authoritarian (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) he dislikes the communists but he's kind of copying their playbooks so oh yeah oh yeah um so now the dude was you know talking about the communists he was just obsessed with the communists threat in China. This totally consumes him. Uh, and it's going to be an issue. And this episode is going to be an issue in the next episode. Um, and he's totally fine using all the despotic tools that we think of when we think of any totalitarian nationalist leader. Um, hmm. So right off the bat, he's supreme leader. He heads off on the second northern expedition. Now that he, you know, he's got his army, the power is consolidated. Time to go Take back China. Make China free. China won. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and the Northern Expedition happens in 1927. Um, now, uh, Shang is on a roll here. He t- retakes Shanghai because Shanghai was sacked by these Northern warlords. He retakes Nanking. And obviously, as they're going, they're like looting and, you know, taking whatever they can. He, he ran, ran a pretty strict military, but, you know, it's hard to contain. It's uh, soldiers. It's yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of horny little dudes in there. They're just trying to get out. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. sides of wars usually commit bad crimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in every war, it wouldn't be war if it was that's all what, handshakes and hand jobs. Yeah, that's why it's called war, dude. It, I mean, I've played some pretty mean card game versions of war where I pull my penis out on the table. Ooh. I declare. More. <laughs> More. <clears throat> so uh, when he's in Shan- when he's in Nanking, he hears that Jing Wei, the leftist, 
had come back to China or he like heard about this movement. I don't know where he was at this point. He just kind of was hanging out. And he declares that the capital, the KMT, is at a little old place that's been in the news a lot. Wuhan. Mm. So mm. he's so he's like right. he's like, fuck you, Chang. Like the KMT's headquarters in Wuhan. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um now the this Wuhan would become a safe haven for leftists and communist sympathizers that were part of the KMT. But Just Chang like goes today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ones that like to eat bats, right? Pat Patagons. <laughs> Padawans, mm. Padawan learners. Mm. The Padawans. Yummy cereal. Endangered cereal. <laughs> now, Chang declares martial law again. Uh, so he's like, oh, my God, they're setting up another capital. You can't do that. And he's like, wait a minute. I didn't even set up a capital yet. Okay, yeah, the capital is in Nanking. We just took that one, right? <laughs> That's yeah. where the capital is. <laughs> Make it there. Yeah. Um, and during this time, uh, when he declares martial law, he also orders the disarming of all citizens bearing arms. Oh, yeah. Alex Jones would not be happy. <laughs> no, I'm not either. <laughs> wow. And Republicans love this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it, it never really follows suit. I was also thinking in my head, very politically incorrect joke about how uh, left and right sounds really funny in the accent if appropriated in the right way <laughs> i'm not gonna say it but you know imagine something like you know you're a little too left of right but funnel this through the <laughs> racist vision that i'm having yeah like the 1930s movie chinese person right right the old uh oh i actually watched it there's a couple of those on on amazon right now is like it like is it like dr. tony wong? chan or something or dr wong yeah yeah dr wong and like dr. tony chan. i don't know what it was there was like th this obsession with white guys needing to be an asian detective <laughs> and having a legitimate asian be their sidekick this is like a series boris karloff's in one of them What's crazy is that like those movies you watched are probably were probably made right around this time that we're talking about. <laughs> That's I mean? awesome. Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> so um yeah, so what uh, Chiang Kai-shek takes things even a little further than declaring martial law. So with the help of the infamous Green Gang, the toughest sounding gang around, we talked about them last time. Uh their 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 headquarters in Shanghai. On April 6th, Shang sets up a meeting with the Green Gang, and he sets up what's called the Shanghai Purge Committee. Uh, that sounds unthreatening. Yeah. <laughs> I think anytime, anytime your government sets up anything with purge, even if it's like the cesspool purge clean, yeah. like just run away. I don't know if any like dictatorship has had a more just straight up evil sounding committee. Yeah. <laughs> all the other ones at least put nice names on the things right we should really review this at some point the, the most evil sounding government organizations yeah the nazis oh, yeah. setting up the edelweiss fun fun camps yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he sets up the purge committee right and not a good thing uh a few days later april 12th uh, 1927, 
the purge began. And this was an all-out bloodbath where anyone, like, think about the Red Scare in America just, like, on steroids. If you had any inkling uh, that somebody could have been a communist or maybe they went to a communist meeting or whatever, they were dragged, these communists were dragged out into the streets, uh, shot or another way that they like to kill these people or just strangling them to death in the street Ooh. with their hands. Oh, <laughs> I find it strange that they went this extreme and then ended up going communist anyway. And here it's like we were scared of communists. We put them in jail. We stopped them from acting in Hollywood movies, all this stuff. And that just kept them in the colleges. <laughs> it also kept them. <laughs> in the, what I mean, it also kept them in the closet. Yeah, <laughs> they are just <laughs> I, really, uh, they're really meeting up no, I actually on Fridays. I actually learned a, a fun fact, history fact the other day. Apparently, Ronald Reagan could have been a communist, but when he went to go like join communists when he was in Hollywood, they thought he was too dim to be part of the group. <laughs> that, that tracks. That really yeah, tracks. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then... Yeah. A bunch of really rich dudes are like, "Hey, we're gonna pay you, and you're you're just gonna say what we tell you." And he goes, "Okay." You met <laughs> hey. Nancy? She's a she, she's real friendly. Throat she's goat. gonna tell people to say no. <laughs> um. So God. yes, this is a a terrible, terrible moment in Chinese history. Um. And again, it wasn't just communists. It was anyone you didn't like. You know, what I mean, if if you ever thought, "Oh, I hit fucking hit my neighbor. She's dead." Like you could, here's your chance. You know, guys, who would you do this to? What group would you do this to if you had a choice? I would do the Chinese. I would, I would do it. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's a joke. Yeah, I was going to see if I could I trap you, you guys. Say Italians. <laughs> I was seeing if you guys had a uh, like if the whites of your eyes started to show, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I know a few. I'd like to I do it to see if I can get out of you. I'd like to do it to the Edelweiss Fun Fun Club. <clears throat> I uh, respect. Uh, all jokes aside, I respect life. Yeah. I don't care where you come from. I love you. That's so why Tom would do it to all of us. Yeah. Uh, so Maybe. The, the KM, KMT nationalists and the Green Gang posses opened up fire on groups of protesters. In the end, uh, hundreds, and it, the, the, uh, the numbers vary, uh, at the end of the day, it was either 100 or 2,000 people had died in Shanghai and thousands had fled um, to join the commies and Wang, uh, Jingwei and Wuhan. But so is, that, is that guy now like a full, full-blown full communist? Like he went from being like moderate to now just a communist? It's funny. He never really makes that switch. Eventually he would... I, I didn't really put it in the script, but he eventually would, like, also do the same thing, like, kick out the communists to kind of be like, oh, look, guys, like, I'm still a part of the KMT. But at that point, he oh. had lost power. He's and, So he's a flip-flopper. Yeah. We yeah. got John Kerry on our hands, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a centrist, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this wouldn't be an isolated event to Shanghai. Uh, it started what was called the White Terror, uh, where a wave of communist massacres unfolded throughout China, um, some under the direction of Chang, some of them under nationalist mobs. In the end, about 10,000 Chinese communists were killed in cold blood. That's rough. Yeah. 
10, all right, 10,000 small numbers for Chinese massacres. If I mean, I was thinking that, history. but I wasn't like, going to say it. When you said yeah. 10, I was like, wait, that's like, that's rough for like, you know, medieval Europe, but like or, or modern China, we're, we're about to get into World War II. We're about to hit some numbers. Some, some real yeah, big numbers. I mean, just for context, I'm pretty sure 10,000 Chinese just died in Foxconn last hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. To make you an iPhone that you're probably listening to this on. And that's why I like the world, because it's full of these little advent calendar morbid surprises that mm-hmm. pop out at you. Yeah, I mean, 10K, like you said, it's kind of a drop in the hat. But again, I think what makes this different than like all out war is that like these people were this is like literally, literally dragged into the streets. Other. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. put it like shot in the back of the head, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's a little so, different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like a lot of work, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're in war, you're just kind of shooting in the general direction. You get some hits. This is yeah, there's executions. Artillery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Jingwei. Actually, after this happened, he puts out a ransom for Shang Kai-shek, dead or alive. Uh, That's how, you know, bad he thought it was. But uh, Jingwei really had lost power at this point. Everything had gone out of control, and Shang and his side of the nationalists were in charge. Oh, and if you remember from last week, Shang's son was actually in Russia, like, this whole time. Remember, he, I think I mentioned he'd be got sent to russia and he had a russian wife and like yeah. russian kids right didn't they didn't they end up in america though or uh, something we're not we're england uh no that was his that was his wife concubine that he sent to america oh right that's yeah. what i'm thinking of the cool yeah. wife <laughs> with all the moves that got syphilis <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, but his Crazy son in America. Yeah, he had one son that was living in Russia, and the other adopted bastard son was living in Nazi Germany uh, <laughs> when it eventually came about. Nice. Um, but uh, this son in Russia, who is now a full time Soviet, like around he had a Russian wife, he condemned his father <laughs> and called him a murderer and a traitor. All right. Easy. Yeah. So we left we left last week's episode off with Shang like converting to Christianity. And it's kind of funny that like the same year that this white terror happened, Shang has read the Bible twice over and gets baptized and marries Mei Ling. <laughs> so <laughs> it's good. Wait, you said he got baptized twice? Oh, he read the Bible twice. Oh, read the Bible uh, twice. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked it so much. It's such a good story. You gotta, you gotta really read it again to get the detail. <laughs> My favorite part was the grammar. George Lucas such good prose. George Lucas's first half, the Old Testament was okay, but when Disney bought it and made the New Testament, man, <laughs> that's when the series really took off. Yeah, hell yeah, love that. Didn't care for the sequel, though. <laughs> yeah, when they did the spinoff just about Moses, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the actual spin The Quran. That was a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Not a very good book, from my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> very reactionary crowd of those fans. <laughs> so, Shang pushes... He remember he's still doing this invasion of the north. He pushes further and for, further, and the next year he eventually in 1928 he just gets just south of Peking, 
which is the capital of the Manchu government, uh, which at this point is pretty much all but dissolved. And there's like a single warlord that's in control of this area called the Old Marshal. Uh, pretty Very badass name. Yeah, sounds like right. something in like Elden Ring or Bloodborne. I like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you walk in and just like you hear boss music. It's like the old marshal. Yeah. <laughs> this is my son, Young Marshal. He'll be taking over for me when I die. <laughs> and then he's the old marshal, like my It'll father be. before me. Yeah, so wow. he, he reaches the boss here. He reaches uh, the old marshal. Now, Chang has to be very careful about, you know, his, his goal is to unite China, but he doesn't want to tick off the Japanese. Um, and if we remember last week, I said that, like, the Japanese had kind of pushed into Manchuria, and they kind of had some bases there and, like, military outposts and settlers and mm-hmm. things like that. And the old marshal was, like, sympathetic to the Japanese at this point. Um, and he knew that, like, uh, he'll, he'll be safe if, if he, like, hides within the Japanese. And he has the backing of the Japanese army, which is all up in Manchuria. Yeah. Um, and Cheng, again, he trained. He was, he was a Japanese Imperial Army vet. So, like, he knew Japan would fuck up China. Like, and he washed his hands and he cleaned himself. Yeah. He was fitting right in. <laughs> his little trip over there. He was just like, wow, I love that you don't live in filth. This is great. <laughs> so the old marshal knew that Peking was lost at this point. Chang has a huge army, like, mass at the south of Peking. So he's like, the only way I'm ever going to be able to reclaim Peking and, like, hold on to Manchuria is if I go to the Japanese. Um, so he basically leaves Peking. Uh, he boards a train and moves all of his troops back into Manchuria. Now, the old marshal takes a train to a place called Mukben in Manchuria. Yeah. That's like a, that's a YouTuber name. Yeah. A guy named Ben who is eating himself to death (laughs) Uh, with five, uh, maybe 400 subscribers, I'm thinking. Yeah. So just uh, enough for him to keep you going. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. To keep paying for McDonald's (laughs) Happy Meals. I'm going to uh, eat 45 Pop-Tarts today, guys. <laughs> so I bought Muck, it all with Dogecoin. <laughs> Mukden uh, is where the Japanese held like their representatives in Manchuria. So Old Marshall gets on the train. He's going to Mukden. And uh, boom, bomb goes off while he's going over a bridge. His oh. whole train, his armored train blows up, goes flying. He survives, but then would like die a few hours later. Um, so yeah, uh, they don't know who did it. They're like, why was it Shanghai Shek? Was it some Japanese guy? I don't know. I think it was the Japanese. <clears throat> well, enter the opium addict tennis playing playboy, the young marshal, probably the weirdest <laughs> character of this. Uh, no, actually there's one more weirder, but the young marshal is pretty crazy. All right. Um, let's hear it. Now this. 28-year-old uh, is a real piece of work. Everything from whacking people he disagreed with over flipping a coin. You know, like, oh, I don't really like what this guy said. And he flips a coin. He, like, jokers them, you know? Oh, he's to, two-faced. Yeah, to his insane love for Mussolini. And everything's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> is he, like, driving around in a Fiat? Like, yes. smoking, like, little thin cigars? <laughs> Absolutely. He dressed, like, completely Western. Like, wore, like, Italian suits. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Tall He's an anime boots. bad guy. Yeah. He, th- he thinks that um, all of his enemies might make him end up using 10% of his power one day. And that does concern him. Well, much like an anime character villain's backstory, now his dad uh, just blew up in a train. Yeah. Uh, and, and no one knows who did it. Well, he's pretty much like it's the Japanese. The Japanese fucking killed my dad. And it eventually would come out years later that it was the Japanese. They just wanted to get this old martial out of the way. But now Chiang Kai-shek had a very powerful ally because... The second he hears this, the young marshal turns around and joins Chiang Kai-shek. So he has, you know, uh, he doesn't push into Manchuria so much. I mean, he pushes a little bit, but he's got Peking in the bag now. He's united China pretty much. Awesome. It's good for them. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I going through this whole Going through this whole book, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like China's just fucked either way they went. <laughs> well, yes, we know that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows it. They're still that way. We're still that way, to be fair. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not all them. We all know what's coming with Japan. <laughs> yeah. We all yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got the full buffet of China. He can get his egg rolls, he can get his hot dogs, get his cheeseburgers all at once. He's got the whole thing. And with the young marshal there, he's able to keep peace with Japan. Perfect. For a few years. <laughs> um, this this is when the bit, the Nanking decade officially begins, right? Because uh, the capital's in Nanking, which just means south capital in China, Chinese. Um, oh. And is so Nanking the, north capital? Uh yeah, Peking and Beijing I think mean the exact same thing but have different like sub different dialects. Or I think it's like I think sub-meanings. it's like sub meanings. They're both north capital, yeah. Okay. Um So, uh yeah, the Nanking decade is 1928 to 1937, so, you know, <laughs> maybe a decade, I don't know. Um and during this time, Shang is just going to war with the communists uh, and suppressing anything that he deems like dissonant, right? Like any type of like protesting or anything. Yeah. And and during this time, even despite the fact that we're going to be going into the Great Depression, which affected the entire world, not just America. I feel like a lot of people are like it was just America. It's like no, everyone got fucked. Um. Urban centers in China's China prospered during this time. So modern hospitals were set up, infrastructure, like they put down real roads, modernized and westernized things. Shang actually became obsessed with this weird Western Eastern style of architecture where like uh, Nanking was built. It was like a weird infusion of like regular skyscrapers and shit or like 1920s large buildings, but then it had like the Chinese awnings and shit on it. Oh, that's like cool. Open space flooring, flooring and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was like a good time if you were on board with just being a nationalist, which you know I feel like that's kind of the whole thing with nationalism, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, Get on board; it'll be fun. You're here for the good times, <laughs> right? <laughs> and if you're not on board, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, for real, everyone. Uh, Check yourself. <laughs> 
despite Chang calling for a break with Western countries and breaking Western relationships, during this period, uh, China actually strengthened their relationships with uh, Western countries. A lot of Western countries were kind of afraid when this all went down. Like, oh, shit, like our Nanjing bases and stuff, like our trading outposts are going to get destroyed. He's like, nah, you're good. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's great. Let's be Um, friends, guys. Yeah, and Mei Ling, remember, she was American-educated. So, uh, you know, a lot of people spoke American. She's like, hey, Chang, you want to learn English? It's going to be important. You're going to be talking to the Americans, the British, even though you hate them. Uh, Maybe maybe the Aussies. Yeah, maybe the Aussies. Um, So he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And she starts teaching him English. She goes, look, um, I'll teach you this, but it's something you got to (laughs) know. Everyone's going to make fun of you behind your back (laughs) and possibly to your face because it's the 1920s. Well, definitely to your face. It's the 1920s. Well, he tested out his skills on a British diplomat um, in uh, Shanghai and he greeted him and he said, I'd like to kiss you. Uh, what (laughs) What he was really trying to say was glad to meet you. But he oh. he said, uh, "I'd like to kiss you." <laughs> you know Brit- this, uh, uh, Arthur. The strangest thing happened back there. I was just meeting with with old uh, Shanghai Shek. His name was, and he said he wanted to kiss me. And when I said, "Excuse me," he said, "Yes, I want to kiss you and and uh, nibble your neck and rub your nipples until I make you hard, and then I'm going to sit on you with my little Chinese poon back." <laughs> yeah, they they made out in the corner. Yeah, it was weird because, you know, the uh, the English don't take too kindly to making out with guys. Yeah, it was weird, but, you know, they both kind of enjoyed it. A lot was yeah, learned. Yeah, yeah it's an uh, unspoken truth that everyone likes making out with guys. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the English, you know, they could be a little rough with their language is all I'm saying. Uh, no, in actuality, Shang refused to ever speak English again. <laughs> After that one moment, he was like, I'm never speaking English. Um, uh, I actually have a similar story. My father-in-law told me um, one of his friends who just is, really didn't try to learn English too much, but um, he wanted to just say good evening to someone some, sometime. Like it was an important business yeah. contact or something like that. And... Mm-hmm. uh yeah, he was like for the hour while he's waiting for this guy. He was just practicing. He was just like, "Good evening, good evening, good evening." Uh, he speaks Portuguese, by the way, just so you know. And uh, when the guy came, he goes, "Good night." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck that noise! I'm never speaking English. <laughs> never again." Yeah, he's coming to my wedding. He was just like, he, "He's he's not going to talk to you, but he'll he's a very nice guy. Trust me." <laughs> Yeah, so Shang is like ne- never English. Uh, Mei Ling basically acts as his translator most of the time. I don't know how much English he could understand. He's gonna be listening to a lot of English. I'm sure he, I'm sure he pretended he didn't know as much as uh, you know he'd lead on. You know, there's all this progress and reform through the 1930s. Obviously, it's like a veneer, right, of uh, a nationalist government. There's a lot of corruption in the KMT going on he's still got the green gang operating things in shanghai and shang decides to get even more creepy nationalist by instating the new life movement which was a neo-confucius christian anti-communist way of life that 
Shang was all like, right. you all need to operate. Here's the thing. He definitely learned branding. All right. We don't have the purge committee anymore. Now we're doing new lives, everyone. New right? life. We're having yeah. a new life. How exciting is that? For but, those of you who have survived the purge, we congratulate <laughs> and welcome you to your welcome new life. Welcome to your new life for surviving yeah. the purge. <laughs> that works. I want to do it. So this new life movement was led by the four virtues, which were um, proper right, meaning like good customs, uh, justice, uh, honesty slash cleanliness, and shame. That was the key one. Dude, shame, I shame. am shame. I am yeah. so in. I love shame Let's have a new life, more guys. than anything. Let's yeah. all have new lives. <laughs> Could you imagine if like anyone ever, especially now, had a little shame? How much easier things would be? Like, it would all go a long way if everyone had like 5% more shame. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't live in shame, but have some of it. Like, yeah. have you... Like, I think that to myself all the time. Everything I see, every post I see on Twitter, have you no shame? <laughs> I don't have any shame. I go to the gym, my tiny dong is flopping all over the place. No, that's the right kind. You don't have the, you have the right shame. Oh, okay. You, all right. you, you have the good shame. You're not supposed to have shame about the, your penis size. No. You know, you're just supposed to proud. live your life. I've cried into uh, my IHOP waffles sometimes <laughs> with the boysenberry sauce on top. Well, maybe that was good for you. You ever heard of a good cry? I, I've been getting them a lot watching these Disney movies. It's better to do a good it. Cry in. Better to Is do it. Is it the at 1920s Disney movies you're watching, Tom? Is that the ones you're having a good cry to? I'm having the good cry. <laughs> to yeah. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. That's right. All the silly symphonies. Just <laughs> oh god, this the tree is falling in love with another tree. <laughs> They're dancing. So I want you guys to think about what is the funniest like Chinese stolen IPA bootleg you've ever seen? IPA bootleg or IP bootleg? Oh, oh, oh um, I know. Hmm. I feel like I remember watching a weird. No, that was Arabic. I watched like a weird Rocket Power that was in Arabic once. Hello, <laughs> <But>, brother. <laughs> I don't know, Tommy Gallon. Not really. Um, I don't know. Everything's just made there now. Yeah, now it's not like the 90s where like everything bootleg was made over there. I mean, I still do right. the same thing. Like how many like fake, I mean, even the real ones are made there, but then there's like fake spinoff brands that are also made in China. Right. Like right. The, all the, It's like a lot of Apple products now. Yeah. All the accessories and stuff. It's all like oh. very Apple centric. I saw uh, there's a Chinese like knockoffs. Um, Chinese made for knockoff Ferraris, I think, on Top Gear once. It was like knockoff, <laughs> like all the Italian sports cars were like made, it was like made back in like the eighties or something. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, you know, I I did see some stuff on uh on eBay once that had me a little curious. Uh, guitars, the world of guitars. There's always like these weird knockoffs a popular guitar and prog music called the Strandberg. And they're like headless is very signature looking thing. And they cost like, you know, somewhere between depending on the model two to five grand. And then you see these knockoff Strandbergs for like $300. Dude, it's a and deal. It's like I, I kind of want to get one. Cause I know it's going to be bad. I just want to know how bad, how bad is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Well, personally, I do all my shopping at Wish.com, and I would recommend everyone <laughs> does as well. But I'm going to tell you about the best Chinese knockoff, uh, the blue shirts. So you've got Germany's brown shirts. Chinese have the blue shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the blue shirts are China's equivalent to the brown shirts in Germany. They're a power, paramilitary organization that's pro-Shang, diehard nationalists. Um, some of them, some of these groups are led by the Wampoa Academy. And the blue shirts would go around and enforce this new life movement. And by oh, enforce, man. I mean like crack skulls uh, at anti-Shang demonstrations. Or you like, want a new life? You want a yeah. new life, huh? <laughs> or even <laughs> I'll show you a new life. <laughs> there was a few accounts where like they beat people up like for spitting in the street because that was dirty. You know, like cleanliness That's is good. one of the four tenants. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have shame, cleanliness. What was the other two? Um, g- proper like proper or- right, which is like good customs and justice right. justice we love justice yeah we forget about justice a lot but yeah need justice need justice yeah. so we have these blue shirts roaming around they would also um join in that white terror and hunt down communists and occasionally they would also stir the pot with the japanese and manchu something that shang really didn't like he's like he, he kind of lost control of these blue shirts like they weren't really like He's like, I don't know what these guys are doing. They say they love me, but like, you know, <laughs> they're beating up Japanese officers. Go a little and too shit. far. Yeah. <laughs> mm. See, he should have brought back the purge committee. Yeah, to purge the blue shirts. Textbook mistake, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one of these incidents, uh, one of the biggest incidents with the Japanese. I don't know if there is any blue shirts involved in this one, but it happened in 1931. It's called the Mukden Incident. Remember our favorite town here. Uh, so the young marshal, uh, this crazy Italian opium addict, uh, his troops captured and killed a Japanese officer in Manchuria. Um, this caused the Japanese to retaliate by bombing another Chinese train with like a bomb and then started shelling the Japanese um, just like a random base, they just started shelling it. And then the Japanese turned around and ordered a full-out assault on the young marshal's troops. They're like, fuck it, you know, they're capturing our officers and killing them. And Time yeah. to go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you expect, man? Now don't the, care how young you are. Yeah, <laughs> the, the young marshal was like so eager to have this war kick off. Because remember, he's like... They killed my father. I must. And Mussolini him. is his hero. Of course, he's ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So young Marshall's like, hell yeah, I'm all ready. I got my troops, brother. And he like calls up Nanking. He's like, yo, Shang. Uh, he's like, what do I do? And he's expecting Shang to authorize like a counterattack to this shelling. Uh, and at the time, the Chinese troops greatly outnumbered the Japanese in Manchuria. Remember, these are just like outposts that the Japanese have. But Chang told the marshal to retreat. He's like, don't engage. Pull back. Come back to yeah. Peking. Get out of Manchuria. Um, but he was engaging. He already did it. Yeah. I mean, he was engaging. And then Shang was like, you know, don't press the offensive. Like, just move, move back. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. I don't know. I would have just killed them all. 
Well, that you would have a lot of Chinese would have agreed with you at the time. Um, and also the young Marshall. So this I want you to kind of take this moment and remember it because the young Marshall is going to hold on to this for years. Uh, the fact that he just uh, Shank pretty much surrendered Manchuria. Uh, the Japanese yeah, it was a pushover in this moment. Yeah, the ja Japanese invasion of Manchuria in 1931. Uh, the Japanese took all of Manchuria with little to no resistance. Because remember, Shang was like, all right. Get out of there. Get out. And the Japanese also gave it a cute little name, Manchuko. <laughs> that is cute. Yeah, a little Manchuko. That sounds like a little digital plant you can sell. Yeah. To someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So remember that idiot kid that they, uh, the kid emperor that they kicked out? Uh, from oh, the, yeah. Yeah. So the little kid emperor, the cha the Japanese were like, hey, you're going to be the monarch of Manchuko because you're a nice little cute little kid. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, little cute little baby. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. So they set up like this little chibi emperor in, uh, and set up a constitutional monarchy. That was, again, like a puppet state. There's like a bunch of really weird. If you look up like either Japanese Manchuria propaganda or like Manchuko propaganda, there's like these weird kind of anime things of like uh, little Chinese boys like waving the Manchuko flag and like it's very strange. <laughs> hmm. um, but <clears throat> now, like you said, Tom, you're like, why didn't he fuck him up? Now, a lot of Chinese people were thinking the same thing. They're like, Chang, you just like gave up Manchuria. There was a wave of protests across China. People calling him like a pro-Japanese plant. You know, they had brought up the fact that he had trained in Japan. So he's like, oh, obviously he's going to let Japan. He's going to take the whole country. He's like a Japanese boy. Yeah, he spent all this time there. Yeah. And he makes a speech and he's just like, I want to kiss them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, wow, this guy is... Not good. For not us. great. Not great. Yeah. He's going to get us smeared. I don't think Shang really unleashed them, but the blue shirts were in full action here, just like beating the fuck out of anyone that said that shit about Shang Kai-shek. He's like calling him like a pro-Japanese person. But in Shang's journals, it was very clear because he released his journals, I think, even before he died. So I'm sure they were edited. edited. But uh, he made it very clear that his love for the Japanese had diminished. And now he started to use uh, the Chinese slur for Japanese people, woku, or dwarf pirates. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. Woku. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Is that common spelling? Yeah. The dwarf, dwarf pirates. pirates. Oh, my God. God. I'm gonna start using that yeah, more. You fucking dwarf pirate. <laughs> I want to know the history of how that term became the the like derogatory term for Japanese people. Right, <laughs> right. In China, I mean, like, I guess if you think of just like average, like if you think of like stars or whatever, I'm thinking of mainly who's the basketball player, the Chinese guy that's huge, Yao, Yao Ming. Ming. Yeah, you got Yao Ming, and then you got like tiny Japanese guys. Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Also Chinese. <laughs> oh, he's Chinese too? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> we should see a movie with them in it together. <laughs> what is Marvel doing with all this Chinese money? Put more Chinese people in the movies. Yeah. 
Am I right? They For did sure. just make a movie with Chinese people. Uh, Chi- no one's. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like a real movie, like a real movie. You, you want know? a Chinese like Iron Do- Man? I want Die Hard, but with the Chinese men. With Bruce Lee in it. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Lee CG. and uh, Br- Bruce PG. Yes. <laughs> um. So the Japanese push north. They take Manchuria, and now again, this whole time, I'm like, "What are you doing, Shang?" He's like, "I don't care about the Japanese. I care about the commies. They're the problem in Japan." Mm. Now, after this white terror and like him killing all these communists, the communists split into three factions. One of them said, uh, "Fuck this shit," and they fled to Moscow. They lived in exile. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah. The other one. Other group went underground uh, into the cities and would like fight with the blue shirts and shit. The last group, uh, which is the one we're most familiar with, the one that builds our iPhones, ran out into the Jap- or the Chinese interior where they built built a revolution not from the working class but from the Chinese peasants. Which Moscow was like, "You're an idiot," because like. You need the working class. But it says right here in the Marxist. Peasants can't read Marx. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That Too was really poor and stupid. How can they read the writings of Lenin if they're dumb? <laughs> yeah. They can't even read Russian. You oh, dumb idiots. crops grow. Ooh, who cares about <laughs> crops? <laughs> you Do- peasants couldn't grow cactuses in the desert. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, I think maybe just Mao Zedong had a really good, like, Sesame Street show that you'd show the peasants or something, right? Like, Mao Zedong Lane. <laughs> I think Mao Zedong had this thing where he liked to uh, fill a Olympic swimming pool with bleach and swim in it back and forth <laughs> and, and televise it on many channels yeah. from different angles. And I think that's what made his broadcasting so fantastic. Is that he got gritty. Yeah. So our last group, Out with the Peasants, that's the one that has Mao Zedong. He's going to rise to fame here. Um, Now, Mao is also a little uh, shitbag. And we have... um, He kind of took this group out in the middle of nowhere, and he kind of set the ideas of how they would fight with the KMT. And Chiang Kai-shek, he set up the Red Army, which was more of a guerrilla tactic style unit, right? Like they're not, they're not going to go head to head against Chiang Kai-shek's army because they'll get fucking destroyed. Uh, in fact, yeah. Mao Zedong's mantra was: uh, "The enemy advances, we retreat. The enemy camps, we harass. The enemy tires, we attack. The enemy retreats, we pursue." That's annoying. They are annoying people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On protracted war. Yeah. Yeah. When they when they attack us, we say stop. Stop it. And then leave. And then when they get tired, we spit in their ear. <laughs> uh so Shang is constantly uh, uh, on the offensive with um Mao Zedong's group called the Zhangxi Soviet. Uh, and he's chasing them around like Benny Hill style, right? Like around the country, you know, right? He and and yeah. these tactics are working because like Shang would overextend into like the nowhere of China, and then that's when 
Mao would turn around and like hit his troops. So light tactics, hit the supply lines. Yeah. Tactical just tactical guerrilla warfare. Great was, stuff here from Mao. If you're just a sportscaster watching it, just like Yeah. <laughs> there was there was an interesting uh another now like very Chinese analogy that I kind of got a kick out of. He's like like the our soldiers are the fish and the people are the water. And like so we have to convert yeah. the people so our fish can swim around in the water. <laughs> That's weird to imagine well, in an orgy sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say um, the Benny Hill thing makes a lot of sense, too. If we're talking about these areas of China where they're living in caves. That's where we. Yeah, we're out yeah, we're, in the we're middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Even better. What's the even what's, better? I actually was on that Wikipedia rabbit hole. What's the word for that? Um, those like cave cities that they have. Oh, I don't know. Cave the- dwarves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Kane. It's it, well, Woku for yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because uh, Xi Jinping, the current Chinese leader, he live. He's from one of those cave cities, or he spent time in one for like a lot of his childhood. Vacated there. No, that's that's false. That's definitely false. That's a political tactic. <laughs> political that's tactic. been used forever. We talk about this on the show all the time. No, no one in power, power now has come from nothing. No one has Fair come enough. from a cave ever. Right. Well, maybe he did it like they were like, after 14 years in school, it's like at 15, you're going to go live in this cave for high school. So that way we can say you lived in the cave. Yeah. We're, right. Yeah. We're priming you. We're gonna, <laughs> you're you're going to discover an undiscovered fungus that goes into international news and ends up being a flashlight that somebody threw in a well. True story. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah, it was like it was like international news. It was like this new type of mushroom that found in this Chinese well, and they're like, <laughs> and they brought in like this team from Beijing, and they're like, this is legitimately like a flashlight, not in its hard casing. <laughs> well, dude, that's like you know, you got to imagine these Chinese people digging stuff out of wells. They got to take someone's going to take a bite out of this thing. Oh right? yeah, and so and that and the first guy to take a bite is going to go. This is you no know, fungus because that's semen. <laughs> And I know semen. <laughs> and let me tell you, we all know semen here. <laughs> so, all right, we're doing these hit and run tactics throughout China. And now eventually the big moment for Mao, and this is when he takes power, really, of this group, is the Long March, which is like the holy pilgrimage that China makes it like the Soviets crossing, um, you know, China to their holy land. Um, the Long March happened in 1934, and this all that this was was a giant unorganized retreat from Shang's army. Shang kicked the shit out of out of uh, Mao's troops and stuff. Like I guess he, his tactics of being a fish in water or whatever didn't fucking work. He got my light tactics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my light footedness based on the tap dancing stylings of Michael Flatley, all ruined. I thought fish were great warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! It turns oh, it turns out our fish are salt fish. water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so all right, cool. That's that's kind of what I thought would happen there, but also I'm not a I'm not a historian. Yeah. So the long Wink. the long march, Mao and his troops mar- march uh, f- uh, fifty six hundred miles across China. <laughs> 
Jesus wow. Christ. 5,600 miles across China. That's, and they, yeah. It's like across America and halfway back again. Yep. <laughs> Distance. And they were doing it in like, they did like circles a few times, right? Yeah, they get lost. Like doubling back yeah. over themselves. I mean, like we've all. Valley we, passes. We've all seen Asian drivers. There's the joke, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, we could turn around. What are they, Jewish? What are this, Moses retreating for 40 years to go 106 miles? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, So, yeah, and they set up their new stronghold in Shanxi. Shanxi. Yeah. That that sounded perfect, that pronunciation, by the way. I'm just going to... Nailed it. Nailed it there. Yeah. Uh, So... What's often not told about this long march is that when Mao ran away from Shang's army, he left all of the women and children behind. <laughs> so he's like, peace, bitches. <laughs> it's just the fellas. Just yeah. the fellas tonight. This is a right? lad's, lad's night out. Come on, boys. Lad's night out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be going and, uh, I don't know, maybe if we're hungry, looking a well for mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the KMT were not very nice to these women uh, or children. <laughs> um, yep. Nothing crazy. Nothing like we will see with the Japanese doing the women and children in the next episode. But, you know, I just think it's funny that Mao's like, we're all one people in like Soviets. We don't see gender and all this stuff. Like, later, bitches. <laughs> later. Yeah. Mao, we forgot our women and children. <laughs> we'll make more later. That's yeah. not how that works, Mao. <laughs> Um, this this long march would basically make him the leader of the CCP. Uh, that, along with very underhanded tactics, blackmail, intimidation that usually gets written out by the Chinese government, uh, would make Mao the main leader. So now, when we're talking about the communists, it's Mao for certain. So, like 1935 onwards, it's going to be Mao who's like the leader of that, along with another be- guy too, but. I'll be very honest. He's not a handsome leader at all. Mao? It's not. No. He's Are you looking not. at young Mao? Young Mao is a. He doesn't look like old Mao. <clears throat> what happened? Yeah. He just got old. I don't know. We have young Mao in the in the album art, and I think he kind of looks kind of cool. All right. Yeah, so, young, uh, young Mao looks like a guy that like. He looks like he would fit right in in hipster Brooklyn. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, he's got... It does work. He's got Not the, as much as young Joseph Stalin. Young Joseph Stalin would have been a model in America. <laughs> I'm just saying these commies, like, they look really good. Like, I mean, Che Guevara, like, great-looking guy, you know? Yeah, they're all stinky. now, wow. They're all better stinky, looking than, Better looking than Nixon, so... Yeah. <laughs> nah, Nixon's got character. <laughs> See, no, he's not character. The he's Mao just is drunk. The lack, <laughs> it's the lack of character that Mao has. He looks like a, a tato tot with a, a crown of black ketchup. <laughs> yeah, all these young communists look good, but I'm sure they smell really bad all the time, mm-hmm. ladies. So yeah. calm down, calm down. Imagine the guy that hangs up the Che Guevara poster at your college that you went to. Like that's the type of guy. Like he doesn't shower. He's got dreads. He's white. You know, like, um, yeah, ladies, I don't know if you figure this out, but if you want to find a good mate, don't find anyone with hardcore political leanings in any direction. Yeah, because they'll never get you off. 
No. You'll do them a service, and then when you're like, eh, you know, I didn't finish, he's going to start telling you about stuff, yeah. about yeah. the world and how it w- w- is working and it's tricking you into thinking you want an orgasm. Well, it, <laughs> that's, why, that's why men pick these extreme things. They're lazy in bed. Well, unless if you're the sister of, like, say, like a really big talk show personality that's Jewish and thinks about how dry, wet pussies are, and your sister <laughs> has big knockers. And you're like, no, 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 my, with her. my wife is a gynecologist. She says dry <laughs> pussy is totally normal. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I mean, that, does that. I mean, I'm talking about uh, extremes of all kinds. Yeah. He falls into that umbrella. Right. But he probably He's, makes uh, violent love to his sister real well. <laughs> I don't, I, uh, how could he not? <laughs> so. All right, let's move it on. Moving right along. Shang double downs on his fascism in 1936. Declaring another extermination of communists, uh, and this is called the Double Ten Day. I don't. I guess, it was October tenth, so it was like Double Ten Day. I don't. <laughs> hey, that's my anniversary. Oh, congratulations! Oh, yeah. Congratulations, then. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can toast to the extermination the of day. <laughs> all the communists too. Yeah. Um, Shang doubled down that year and brought in a bunch of Nazi military advisors to help train his fledgling, fledgling army and or his his army and his fledgling air force. So he brought some Luftwaffe guys in. Like, how do we fly these? <laughs> did he uh, did he try to learn some German? Ich liebe dich. Heinz, this guy said he loved me right when he walked into the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's kissing me now. <laughs> He's still kissing me. <laughs> yeah. Shake this little man off of me. So you might think with all this going on right now, Stalin's the you know leader of the Soviets. You might think that he'd be completely uh, team Chinese Communist Party, but he's still playing both sides, and he's still supporting the KMT. In fact, like Stalin, kind of just thinks that. He said something where the Chinese communists are not real communists. They're like the margarine of communists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you said he was going to say something racist, which I would say that's, (laughs) I don't know if I buy that. Less salt soy sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Those Chinese over there, they can't get anything right. Nothing. Okay, so remember I said the young Marshall was the craziest one? I lied because the funniest person of the story this episode is a man named William Henry Donald or <laughs> Donald of China. <laughs> oh, now, God. I wish I could do a full episode of <laughs> Donald of China, but there's not much here. We're going to cover his life right now. Um, Donald, China Don. Yeah. Yeah. I just see him hanging in the front of a Chinese food store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- Just asking for my it. succulent Chinese dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the special, sir? I, there's no accent, by the way, so don't try to hit me on this. Would you like the special, sir? The Chinese Don? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so everyone wants the Chinese Don. Oh, oh, uh, Beng Chua. Can I have more Chinese Don? <laughs> <laughs> So Donald, Don. Donald of China was not actually from China. He was an Aussie because, <laughs> of course, he is. Um, He's even better. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, Oi, I'm China Don. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Yeah. 
Uh, Donald uh, was a reporter, and he had been living in China since 1908. Um, now, he's kind of the ultimate white guy because he refused to learn Chinese. He hated Chinese food and most Chinese customs. He's like, why are you using chopsticks? I don't want to take my shoes off and shit. You guys, what the hell's going on? <laughs> this guy's the best. So was it like an insult that they named him this? Uh, Donald of China? And he's like, stop calling me that, Mike. He spent three decades living in China. So he hates <laughs> China, but he lives there. <laughs> All right. That's like me on Long Island, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Donald of China becomes friends with the Song family. So Mei Ling, Chiang Kai-shek's wife, like the Song family, uh, who all spoke English. So he didn't need to, you know, speak Chinese to him. And he kind of mixed and mingled throughout, like from 1908 onwards with the Chinese elite in Shanghai, including Chiang Kai-shek. They didn't talk face to face because... Chiang Kai-shek wouldn't speak English. <laughs> Donald wouldn't speak Chinese. So, <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm running to the guy. So there you go, and he's trying to kiss me. <laughs> so I spoke to his wife, who did not kiss me. Donald was also the personal advisor to the young marshal, kind of keeping him in check, right? Like giving him those Italian fashion. You know, pointers, right? Like, <laughs> no, mate, you're supposed to wear your suit this way. The lapel goes this way. Do you think even China Don knew what the Italian fashion sense was? Like, so do you think what he was actually wearing was just like weird outback clothing? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is what they're wearing in Rome. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, he looks like an outback. I'm server. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been to Rome. <laughs> yeah, like him dressed as. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee giving like fashion advice on covered in no, dirt. No, the Pope eats these all the time. Have some. It's a blooming onion. There's there's only a few uh, pictures of him, but the ones that are, he's like legitimately wearing Steve Irwin clothes. Like he's got like shorts and a t-shirt on. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the hat with like the netting around it. <laughs> You'll see a few oh, pictures. There's a whole book. Yeah. There's a whole book about him. China Don. Oh, come on. Stop with the Trump shit. Yeah, it's kind of hard looking him up because you got all the Trump stuff. Yeah. God, the SOT on Trump is just fantastic. Yeah. It's too fantastic. Pull it back. So it, right, I think I see him. You find the, the, yeah. the shoot with him in the shirt and shorts? Yeah. Yeah. It took a whole day out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in December of 1936, Shang gets a meeting from the young marsh or gets a call from the young marshal. Remember him and Donald are tight. Um, he, and the young marshal's like, Hey, uh, meet me at Xi'an at this cabin resort. We're just going to talk about what's going on in the North. Uh, we're just going to hang out at a cabin, bro. It's fine. All yeah. Right? Well, I think this was more like a sandals resort. Like, it was like a resort <laughs> cabin, right? Like, mountain retreat kind of thing. Oh, my God. I yeah. just saw the picture of China Don. <laughs> you can hear, He's a goofball. You can hear his accent by looking at his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so clear. Is that is that General Sal, is that? Please tell me he's in... Oh, he's beautiful. That's This is great. Great character. <laughs> You you were right when we when we had the um, Italian anime villain. 
and you're like, no, 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 there's a better one coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's also the advisor to the anime villain. <laughs> Sorry, we're just waiting for Don to get... Oh, there he is. Sorry, I'm late. I got my Vadonis stuck in the mud. It's like, there's, there's no mud on this road. No, you do when you're Australian. You bring some mud with you. No, I ain't taking my shoes off. Uh, no chance. The Donald of China... Uh, is the advisor to the young Marshall. And in December of 1936, Shane gets a call from the young Marshall. He's like, hey, let's meet at uh, Xi'an Cabin Resorts, right? And it's like, I don't know, like a sandals, right? You know, it's (laughs) it's not like cabin in the woods. It's in the mountains. You get, you know, your massages done. You get your free buffet. Um, Check-in is at 10, but uh, I got us a late checkout, okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So little did Chang know that the young Marshall had actually been in talks with Mao Zedong. Now, you see, the the young Marshall never really got over the fact that Chang had abandoned Manchuria. This was a few years ago now at this point, but he never got over the fact that, you know, Chang was like, just pull out of Manchuria, let the Japanese have it. So in his talks with Mao, Mao was like, all right, if you stage a coup, take out Chang. The CCP will fight, help you fight against the Japanese in Manchuria. So, all right, good trade. Young Marshall, yeah. he's on, yeah, he's on opium. So you could basically say anything to him. Oh. <laughs> and he's a, like, uh, are the Italians friends with the communists? And then China Don's like, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why you not mentioned, make? you mentioned that young Marshall was in fact a tennis player before he was also a tennis player yeah is he the inspiration for waluigi (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) because i'm I'm pretty sure waluigi's high on opium constantly that would track that's what makes him fun see i think i don't know what is it it's like candy flipping when you do ecstasy and something else what is it when you do candy flipping ecstasy and acid. Ecstasy and acid. Yeah. yeah what about when you do like meth and opium <laughs> you're grooving <laughs> yeah you are you are you're jerry grooving. garcia yeah. <laughs> so in the morning of the 12th Wait, I don't even tell what date it is. The 12th of December. The morning of the 12th of December. Um, <laughs> Shang was chilling in his room, still in his jammies, right? Probably having a little wank. He was probably, like, thinking about skiing. Like, oh, what trails are we going to go on yeah. tomorrow? Maybe we'll Looking in the mirror go, I want to kiss you. I want to kiss you. <laughs> yeah. I will kiss you. Yeah, hanging out, <laughs> hanging out in his jammies, thinking about all those blue trails he's going to hit. It's going to be a slow little groove. When all of a sudden hears shots fired in the resort. Pop, 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 pop. And uh, Shang, who he was hanging Shit. out with his bodyguard, too, in his jammies. So, I don't know, maybe they were talking about were boys. Yeah, you know, having a little sleepover. They, had, they actually were in a tent made out of chairs, sitting on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and they hear these... Sh- well, this is the perfect place to f- harvest our broth for the Chinese boy acts. <laughs> yeah. I think we should... I think we should write Mao's name in our burn book before we go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So they're hanging out in their little their little fort tent they made, and they hear these shots fired. So the bodyguard, no time for Shang to get changed out of his jammies. So the bodyguard takes Shang, and they go out the back. I guess there's like a back entrance right into the mountains of their room. Uh, and they jump over this wall and run off into the mountains. 
At some point, Shang loses his footing, fucks up his back, and loses his dentures. Let's go flying right out, <laughs> stuck into a tree or something. <laughs> oh God! Now with these dentures, I'm assuming that they were <clears throat> they were um, ancillary. He didn't actually need them. They were more to just um, uh, they were extensions on his two front teeth. Am I right? <laughs> uh, that's the Japanese. That's that's yeah. Oh my bad. I thought he was trying to keep up images. That's with, what Walt you know. Disney thinks Japanese people look like. Uh-huh. Remember we did the whole yeah, episode. I still don't understand that. <laughs> yes, I forgot. Yeah. Well, obviously Walt can do no wrong. Right. But here we are dealing with a uh, a guy who's never went on a walk in the woods. Right. Before. So he, here he is. He's has fucked up his back. No teeth uh, in his jammies. The two of them, the bodyguard and him uh, and Shang, hung out in a cave in these snowy mountains while the Manchurian guards. Searched around looking for them because remember, like, the man, the Maturian guards are with the young marshal, they're like hunting in the woods. Where's Shang and his bodyguard? They hung out in the cave all night, uh, and eventually, in the morning, they were found and taken in by this Manchurian guard. Now, the whole they probably knew that they were in there the whole time and just let him stay for a few hours, yeah. You know? Maybe, yeah, maybe he was like, oh, he's going to come out with that new mushroom that's hanging out in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> this is that mushroom coming out of the cave. It looks to be attached to some kind of pink fleshy body. <laughs> but uh, ignore that. That mushroom looks fresh. So when Shang was captured, he started screaming with no teeth. I'm your generalissimo. Kill me, but don't put me through this indignity. <laughs> <laughs> He's like real like, bitch. Fucking kill me. I'm your general. <laughs> like just do it. Yeah. Shoot me. Yeah. He keeps telling us to kiss him. Kiss him. He's our general. <laughs> so Shang was bought, brought back to the resort where the young marshal was waiting for him. Now, the young marshal was basically like, "We're not going to kill you probably, but we need action in Manchuria." Now, Shang was proud, and he didn't concede. He just kept saying, asking him to kill him. He's like, no, you have to kill me. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, uh, Shang was actually held for a week, and the first person allowed to see him alive was none other than Donald of China. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mate, how's it going? Uh, so, Donald. <laughs> You lost your dentist. Yeah, eh? Donald was actually down in Shanghai with, uh, like, hanging out with the Sun family and Shang's wife, who, you know, he was, like, good friends with. Um, and so he gets this message, and, he, you know, Shang doesn't want his wife to come. So Donald is the guy that goes to meet to make sure that Shang is, like, still alive, pretty much. Um, now, the problem is he goes in to the room they're holding Shang in and Shang refuses to speak English and <laughs> Donald refuses to speak Chinese. <laughs> and the only other person there that knew how to speak both languages was the young Marshall. <laughs> so your translator is uh-huh. the captor. <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah. Very smart. Eventually, after a few days, Mei Ling was allowed to visit her husband, bringing him a spare pair of dentures so he could <laughs> properly speak. Now the These young marshal's demanding dentures. that 
the 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 young marshal also like he's like we need action in Manchuria and we need to end the civil war between the KMT and the communists. Like we have to bury the hatchet and unite against the Japanese. Of course this was all planned by Mao. Um and you would think and Mao was Mao Mao actually also thought as well that his Moscow masters would be pleased by this, right? We're going to bring the country together. But when Stalin got the word of Shang's capture, he was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, Mao? Like, you can't just, like, hold a national leader ransom. Like, this is terrible optics for communism. <laughs> this isn't how the Westerners do yeah. it, man. Again, you trying to copy what's up? Maybe the most shocking thing I've heard today is that Stalin is like, no, 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 no. Don't just disappear, people. <laughs> <laughs> Too high profile, though. I mean, I guess he did it with Trotsky, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, he learned, he'll learn his lesson yeah so immediately Mao because the thing about when like whenever Stalin came down from like the Moscow mountain and like said something bad about Mao Mao just like kind of groveled and was like okay like I'll do whatever you say because you're sure. like you're the leader of the f- free Soviet world right um so Mao cap- Mao cables uh, the young master he's like you have to the young young marshal and he's like you got to stop this like we have to like let him go stalin's not cool with this like <laughs> we have to figure something out um eventually it is pretty wild that like you mentioned it in the last episode but um the fact that they're just so much of pawns for russia yeah is really weird to me yeah um makes you think and well, it's like there's so much pawns for Russia, and then also at the same time, Russia's like, they're not communists. Like, they're not real communists. But then they're like... <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, but if they treated them like, you know, if they thought they were real communists, they probably wouldn't treat them like this, like, and interfere right. so much. It's like, guys, you're doing it wrong, you know? I, I've done this. I've been around the, the block a few times, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, so eventually Shang was released, um, and they came to an agreement because uh, Shang realized that, like, he didn't know that this was going on between Mao, Stalin, and the young marshal. So he he was like, I got to get out of here. So he makes an agreement that um, the Red Army uh, will join with the KMT, but he made it clear that the Red Army was under his command. Right? He's like, you guys can join, but you're under the KMT, and we'll stop hunting you down. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't really make a commitment to fight the Japanese, but like that was kind of that was kind of the settlement that Marshall came to at least stop the civil war and stop hunting the the communists down, um, and take in the Red Army. Um, yeah, we have bigger problems to, to deal with right now. Yeah. Uh, Shang's released and immediately arrests the young marshal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you can go. You're free. You're arrested. You dumb piece of shit. Psych. Yeah. Now, the young marshal was ashamed of, that, of what he did in betraying the leader. He was like, I didn't know. I was on opium, bro. Like, we've all seen those, like, guys that are all, like, zanned out and walking around hop hog and shit. Like, uh, I didn't know I crashed yeah. into your house. Oh, I'm sorry. Future leaders, yeah. Travis. Future leaders. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Shane couldn't exactly execute him like he may have done to, if it was another person. This was like the biggest guy in Manchuria. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I'm going to exile you. And all right. Yeah. The young. And, that's that's famously never backfired he, on people. Yeah. And but he gives them like, you can go wherever you want, young Marshall. And young Marshall's like, I'm going to go to Italy. Chill with Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. so he rode off into the sunset. I hope. <laughs> no, actually, Donald of China went turned around to Shang was like, we can't let this dude go to Mussolini. <laughs> He's like, we can't. This is not a good recipe. This is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> um, so Shang placed him under indefinite house arrest. <laughs> so you're exiled to your house. Yep. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, as long as he did it up right, you know, had a man cave, all that shit, all that cool stuff on those Chinese man caves, which is just a cave. No, he's a, he loves the Italians. Yeah, it's an Italian man cave uh, in a cave. Oh yeah, he kept all of his money. Yeah, we gotta keep him in there. If we send him to Italy, he's gonna eat all that pasta. Yeah, he kept all. This is kind of like when when Ellen made that video. She was like, "I just can't stand COVID anymore. I'm going crazy in my five acre house." <laughs> I'm so sick of bowling in my bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I wish that eternally. I wish that her house gets so big <laughs> that she gets lost in it and starves almost daily. Because that's what she would wish for me. That it would, it would make her immortal, but she could never find her way out of the house. Yeah. Yeah, if there was one celebrity that was doomed to have a terrible immortal existence, I think Ellen would be a great candidate. Yeah, she's definitely, yeah. She's got the Nosferatu trappings going on already. So. <laughs> yeah. Just that please kill me attitude for the rest of their eternity. Yeah. God damn it. So the impossible was achieved thanks to a kidnapping. Uh, Shang and the communists were united, at least for now. And uh, there was war coming with Japan. But I'm going to leave the second Sino-Japanese War and that will eventually bleed into the Second World War for next week. Wow. I'm so excited. A lot happening. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot happening in the world. It's interesting because the Second Sino-Japanese War and the Second World War, like I said, they bleed into each other. So a lot of Japanese and Chinese... When they think about World War II, it starts a lot sooner than the Europeans. Started in 1931. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, with Manchuria. It goes a little cold, but then it heats right back up. Yeah. So. Well, Man, that's sweaty as hell. And don't worry. Thank you, Travis, yeah. for guiding us through this uh, minefield, really, of hard-to-follow names of organizations and places and everything. Yeah, and don't worry, we will keep up with Donald of China. He's not He's not done. Oh, my God. Yes! <laughs> yeah. um, loving this guy. Amazing. Yeah, yeah he's a great character, uh, <laughs> as you two are. My friends over there. Also, Mike, not a great character. Mm. Officially on the bad character list. I, I think... Hope your date up there went with well, the, though, uh, We're rooting for you. <clears throat> yeah, I hope that you... Uh, I'm not gonna say. I, I think Mike is uh, Mike look. is the young Marshall, but spelled Y U N G, Marshall. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. So you know what else I like? I like the show. So thank you for listening to the show. If you're on my page, you know what I'm saying. Thank you, listeners. Uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/RoastMortemCast to give us your money. It's the only thing we really care about. We care about history a little yeah. bit. So you can imagine how much we care about money based on the sliding scale here. 
Um, we care about the history. We have the history is pequeño, right? I'm doing my Duolingo. Yeah, yeah that's very yeah. good. Peque Wait, did you switch languages? No, I'm still doing Swedish. <laughs> is it is it pequeño? Yeah, pequeño. Un pequeño little Swedish. <laughs> no. All right, now I have to go to bed because uh, the Chinese disease has got me, boys and girls. Mm. Oh, like hanging uh, out with best of luck, Tom. Like, hanging out with uh, the Thank leftists you. in Wuhan, with their. I'll be out yeah. there, listening to Mulan, the new one, the real Oof. one, the live action. We gotta one. add that to movie uh, week. That one seems like a real stinker. Oh God! Oh, we should watch Great yeah, Wall. We mm. do that too. The Matt Damon one. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Shane. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.